Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 11. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, some weeks are just tougher than others. I hope your week was easy. But this first week of school was something like we haven't experienced in our house in a long time. Lily's dialed in. She's already doing great with seventh grade. Isaac is in fourth grade now and starting school online, and Elise beginning the first grade. As homeschoolers, we usually take it pretty easy, but with my wife getting ready to go back to school too, we wanted to give them some structure and more resources for learning, so we are learning with them about the online live lessons with teachers and the reading and the math with videos and the worksheets online and art classes and science and history too. It's been a long five days. And this technology is something we also have to learn as parents, as learning coaches. That's our new title. And of course we have a three-year-old who needs a lot of attention too. Then the pipes clogged. The water and more rushed up through the master bedroom shower and the 60-year-old house needs attention. After cameras and snakes and plungers, it took three plumbers and much weeping and gnashing of teeth to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Then there was the taekwondo, belt testing, a birthday party, work and meetings, visits and calls to make. <sighs> but we made it to Sunday. This day we get to rest, right? I hope so. Our bodies need rest. Our minds and hearts need to rest too. It's how we're made. Listen to your heartbeat. The heart beats and rests ever so briefly between each beat. The lungs take in air and rest between inhale and exhale. And the waves in the ocean even move to a rhythm. They come in sets, not all at once. Why is it so hard for us human beings to find rest? We pray for rest. We lament our busy lives. We wonder when we will be able to finally get some rest. Sleep when you're dead, they used to tell me when I was in the sales business. That's going to happen too. <laughs> I don't think it's unique that even when I rest, I feel like I should be doing something. I'm plugged in. My phone is always nearby. If I'm not working, I'm scrolling and clicking to see how other people are resting. Rest is important. It's important to God. So important, it's the third commandment. Third out of ten. It's rest that we need. Rest is part of the creation story, remember? God created, God rested. More on that next week when we read that story. But this week we hear Moses, this commandment that was handed down to him when he received the Ten Commandments, the law for Israel. Today we hear 
from Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding the people of the law before entering the promised land. Moses reminds the people about everything that God has done for them and the promises God has made, but not without reminding them of the covenant. The law is given to the Jewish people for them to obey, that they would be blessed in the land the Lord was giving to them. Rest is number three out of ten. That's pretty high up on the list because there's stuff there about stealing and murdering and lying and all that stuff. But rest is up there. God commanded rest. So Moses reminds the people of their need for rest too according to God's command. But also not for their own sake, for the sake of the community. In this new land they are going into, things are going to be different not like in Egypt where they had to work constantly at the expense of their bodies for the sake of the empire. The land was suffering. The animals were used up. The people were made to be miserable. No. In this new place, there will be rest for weary bodies. But also for families, for animals, servants, visitors, even those from foreign lands. They all get to be at rest together. The day of rest commanded by God for the sake of the community, that all would come together to be renewed, to reflect on God's goodness, and to be reminded of the deliverance God had given them in this new land. So how do you find rest? How do you, in a busy work week, with a busy family, with things to do, how do you find rest? What do you like to do to rest? And how do you carve that into your schedule? Let's hear it. I'm out of the box. Come on. <laughs> what do you like to do for rest? Read, sleep, watch TV, watch, watch TV and movies? Color. Color. You have one of those adult coloring books and it's just more complicated than like a Paw Patrol book,
Pastor Matt, I saw a picture of you resting this weekend. What were you doing? What was the bookstore? I saw a picture of you laying in a grass in a field. Oh, yeah, I was not resting. I was listening to the Indians blow another close. You're listening to baseball. Going to a bookstore is restful too. Yeah. For you especially, that, that centers you, right? So often we greet each other and we ask, how are you doing? How have you been? What have you been doing? With emphasis on the doing. Blogger and author Steve Weens writes that you might get a strange look if you answered that question by saying, you know, I've got a lot of spare time. I'm taking a lot of naps, catching up on Parks and Rec. No, what are you doing? We've been taught from an early age that we better get busy. It's part of the story of America, right? And we can remember when uh, politicians, even, even if they had great fortunes, right? They told the tale about their humble beginnings, coming from a log cabin, having to earn everything they, they had in life, right? It was this idea brought here by those who valued work as a sign of God's approval. You've heard that term, right? Protestant work ethic. That's us, people. This idea came out of a theology that those who worked hard and lived a frugal life were chosen by God. We don't think that here necessarily, but the idea is part of our American existence. It's ingrained in us. Reading a great book called Sabbath by Wayne Muller, and he writes in the introduction this. A successful life has become a violent enterprise. We make war on our bodies, pushing them beyond their limits war on our children because we cannot find enough time to be with them when they are hurt and afraid and need our company war on our spirit because we are too preoccupied to listen to the quiet voices that seek to nourish and refresh us war on our communities because we are feel fearfully protecting what we have and do not feel safe enough to be kind and generous war on the earth because we cannot take the time to place our feet on the ground and allow it to feel us, to taste its blessings and to give thanks. Does that sound like life in Las Vegas in 2019? What are we doing? Uh, I've been watching and re-watching Avengers Endgame the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's been my rest. Uh, and, and this is a spoiler alert, so if you don't want to hear it, just plug your ears. It's just a minor spoiler, right? If you haven't seen it and plan to. Uh, one of the scenes I love, and there are many, uh, is when Tony Stark and Pepper Potts are talking late one night. Tony has just figured out time travel. And uh, he offers that he could just stop, just not go any deeper down this uh, rabbit hole and just go to bed in an effort just to stay home and not set right the wrongs of intergalactic genocide. You can unplug your ears now. She asks him, but would you be able to rest? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is we know you're not going to, Tony. There's always more work to be done. We feel that. That resonates with our spirits. Even when we stop working, we can find things to occupy our time. So often our minds are thinking of the next thing on the list. So how can we reconnect with who we truly are and also be reminded whose we are. Can you imagine how being busy all the time is not only counterproductive to our own well-being but to others, to our children, to our community, 
to the earth? For our own sake, for our spirits, for the sake of others, we have to find some time to stop. And pastors hear it all the time. How are you doing with your self-care? Your self-care, your self-care. And we laugh. We say, yeah, right. You wish. All of us fall victim to this, but those in helping professions, I think, are especially prone to overdo it. Social workers, nurses and doctors, chaplains, pastors, above all, teachers and parents are vulnerable to exhaustion. Thomas Merton wrote, To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to violence. We need rest, but we need more than just a little shut-eye, more than just a little downtime. Martin Luther teaches that following the law just to satisfy a requirement is not the point. As followers of Jesus, we are to take every opportunity to find rest in him and to hear the word of God. That's rest for us, for our spirits, for our souls, to gather to worship God, to sing and to pray and to be together as the body of Christ. We ought to do it every day, but for the sake of good order and knowing that people do have things to do, we take the first day of the week on our calendar. We call it Sunday, the day of the resurrection, to be our day of worship, to hear the word. But we need more than just hearing the word, too. Luther teaches we should not just come to hear the word, but to truly take it in, to learn it, to be transformed by it, and to know the word, that it would be on our hearts and on our lips when we go back to our work. Yes, worship matters. It's here in this place that that word gets into us. It is alive. It is fully breathing and alive, this word. And we hear Jesus' words to us today, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Jesus offers to be teacher and example for us, and at the same time emphasizes that the way of following Jesus is different than following the way of the world. The work that Jesus calls us to is to follow the one who is gentle and humble in heart, to learn love, to find true rest in our Savior, to chase after what our culture calls Life can wear us out. To strive for what the world sees as success can end in disaster, not only for us, but for our neighbor too. And to find peace and joy in Jesus is to come and hear the word, to learn it, to take it in, ingest it, and live it. That's where we belong. We find our center in our teacher and Lord Jesus. And remember the freedom he gives us, freedom from worry about whether our efforts are enough, whether we are worthy, successful, hardworking, intelligent, or powerful enough. And we remember the work of the one who loved us enough to die on a cross for us, whose work was enough that we could be a new creation. And that frees us to go and work for our neighbors. We remember that we belong to Jesus and we belong to each other so that when I rest, you can rest. And when you rest, I can rest too. And we find our rest in Jesus.
then we go back to our work, we will know that God's love in Jesus is with us. Whether we work or rest, and we can pass on that word of grace to others.